0: hey everyone welcome back to unlearning this is erica and as you know we like inviting experts we can learn from for today's episode we have invited doc Rika, a sexologist and a podcaster at sexy minds and conservative ako ph Through a scientific and fun approach to sex, we talked about why we don't talk about our sexual desires enough in the Philippines, how we can actually start that conversation with our partners, and how she was even shamed as a woman when she started her career as a sex therapist. Thanks for being with us uh, here today, and yeah, I will just start with... How did you start? What was your journey into becoming a
1: sex therapist and an educator? It was a life journey. <laughs> I, just, I just saw that question. I was like, how am I going to answer this? Um, yeah, people have been asking me this uh, in all my interviews. Like, how did you become a sex therapist? And, and what I tell them really is that um, it just happened. And whenever I answer, it just happened. My friends would, would actually tell me and talk to me and um, say that, you know what? You've been talking about sex since, since we were in elementary. So that, that's, that's your calling. I mean, that's really you. So I, I guess that's it. I mean, it's a yeah. life journey up until now. It's still, it's still a journey for me. Yeah.
0: And when you, did you study it in general or it just yeah. didn't really
1: happened? Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, I did. I did study it. Um, uh, I, uh, I have a PhD in psychology and I trained with my certifications in sex therapy and the uh, sex education all over the world as well, because there's nothing here in the Philippines like what <laughs> he said. So uh, um, uh, I took my MA in counseling psychology and then I started doing research in sex. And I said, okay, of course, I can't can't, um, have a mentor here in the Philippines because there's uh, no one who does it in the academy. So I had to leave. And um, I'm just, uh, yeah, I guess I'm lucky enough to be able to do that and train uh, overseas in different schools. And get my certifications and then get my PhD. So, yeah, I trained for it. (laughs) Uh, Both in theory and experience. Because just like you, you know, when you travel, you get a lot of experience too.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's amazing. Like, I wish I could study sex too. But I don't think I would be the right person for it. So, I'll just listen to the experts. (laughs) I'll just listen to the experts for now. But, yeah. And when you when you went through this journey, what have you learned about, like, what was the biggest learning um, during this journey? And what was your biggest struggle in general when it comes to sex?
1: Um, The biggest learning would be it's that I can actually be free to be myself. Right? Because, like, what my friend said, and I, I realized that the, being myself is talking about sex with not a care in the world. You know, yeah. you just talk about sex or like um, I talk about my sexual experiences and just being very open about it. And through this process, I found that, yeah, it's okay to be me. It's okay to be really you. And what was my biggest struggle My biggest struggle with sex would have been that part when I intentionally said that, okay, I'm going to study sex. And the struggle was that during that time with my first marriage, we weren't having sex. My first husband and I weren't having sex. And I had to ask myself, what the fuck? Like, how many times should I be having sex to be happy? You know, I had that question in my head because isn't sex important? I I need sex. Why isn't he having sex with me? Thinking that. So, um, because no one could answer my question, aside from myself, I studied <laughs> it and researched about it. <laughs> why not? My, my <laughs> <sex. I> <laughs> well <study> it. Why does not have such? I just well studied why. De ba parang lah mo ayum ay pagsexakan nand. Ano ko na lang parang alamin ko na lang kung bakit. Anyway, but um, yeah. So that's when i said okay i want to research about it i want to research what other people are experiencing i want to know more about how they're handling these problems if if this is even a problem and that's when i spent a lot of money to become a sex therapist I mean, sex is
0: natural, right? Sex is is a part of our lives in general. So I, it, I mean, for me, it's also just like eating, right? It should be part. Oh yeah. Of it like, of a conversation, and I can't. I don't imagine why. And you know, so same with your situation. Like, if you have a husband and you're not having sex and you want sex, why is it so hard to talk about it? I think that's also, um, pretty interesting because it's not not a lot of people. A lot of people are also thinking that. Um. Which brings me to my next question. Actually, like we can't generalize, of course. Um, but as a sex therapist, and from the people who have called you for advice, what's the most common problem that women have when it comes to sex?
1: Ah, oh, women. Women.
0: Women. Women.
1: What's the most common problem of women? Um, in therapy, if we're gonna talk about the clinical part of it, that would be um the pain that you experience during sexual intercourse. That is the clinical part. So that's um, okay. vaginismus, genitopelvic disorder. But if you're going to look at the relationship part, just the relationship part, the common the common thing, that would be infidelity. Oh, and wow. it, can, it can go both ways, right? Women um, being the ones who are... Um, who have the affair and or men who have the affair? So, yes. Is it and and those affairs uh,
0: infidelity in general? Is it um, the effect of sexual displeasure
1: or just in general? In general, yes. But when you um, uh, deep uh, dig deeper into their problems, um, uh, there's a sexual aspect to it, of course.
0: Okay, and all right. Mm-hmm. And when you compare that to men, how is it different from them? And what is usually the most common issue that men come I, to deal
1: with? If it's the if it's a clinical aspect, it would be uh erectile dysfunction. So men okay. who are not able to get it up for uh sexual intercourse or sexual penetration, you know, vaginal penetration. Um uh, but for the relationship aspect, it's also infidelity and the lack of Initial? desire. Desire. Ah. The lack of desire. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, but and if you're gonna look, look at it naman talaga, if it's for both men and women or um, people in general, uh, problems in sex actually revolve around the problems in desire. It's either okay. the less desire more desire or wrong desire so
0: okay and do you believe in um sexual mismatch like do you think incompatibility incompatibility yeah exactly is Mm -hmm. it real or is it like because i love this person sex when it comes to sexual incompatibility um because there's also okay um misconception right that most especially if you're married like if I love this person, then sex must be amazing. Or also if you're not married, right? So is that also kind of a problem that there's also this expectation, right? And then it doesn't happen. Oh, yeah.
1: I mean, the expectation in itself is a problem because um, it doesn't really follow. If you love this person, it means that you'll be great in bed. Of course not. I mean, there's work that should be done for you to be able to know um each other sexually, mm-hmm. and that, that work won't happen overnight. It's not just because you got married and then boom, and No, it doesn't happen that way. You have to, you have to really be um open to each other and to have that level of comfort to, to know what pressures the other and what your boundaries are. So it takes work. Yeah. It's it just becomes an issue because. People here in the Philippines they don't talk about sex so to know the other and uh, to know the the sexual other becomes challenging because mm. um, there's no verbal communication involved
0: yeah and why do you think is that like why do you think we don't talk about it in the Philippines
1: because we don't right like um uh i i did well my expertise is on filipino women's sexual pleasure, so um my study um, revolves around that my my phd revolves around that i did the study i've been doing the study for the past nine years and um culminated it last year and all of the women i talked to when i asked them about their experiences in sex and how they learned about sex, or if ever their parents talked to them about sex, they would say no. And um, right, like there's no conversation about sex at home. So we don't talk about sex. We're not taught about sex. We're not taught to talk about sex. That's why we don't talk. About sex. Yeah. Right? We're not. We don't even have sex ed. We don't know. Uh, Right. Um, We should be. We should have. We had abstinence only sex education before, but um, with the passage of RH bill, it should be comprehensive um, sexual education. But we do have sex ed. It's not just being implemented properly. So, in theory, (laughs) in theory, (laughs) we have, but in implementation, there's none. I teach a sex ed class for um, fourth year college students Okay. in the university here. And um, in each of my classes, they would say, but yeah, they were never thought about sex. Even in school, if they had sex ed, it's about uh, the biological part of it. Exactly. Like
0: yeah.
1: frustration or the um, puberty changes in puberty, you know but nothing about sexual communication, nothing about pressure, nothing about um, the other aspects of sex.
0: Yeah. Oh, and, and, and I know. like, um, But don't you also think fourth year, I think we should be
1: educated way earlier. Oh, yeah, that's that? too late. You know, I give my speeches out here and I say whenever they ask me um, when do you think we should be talking to our kids about sex? When do you think sex education should start? I always tell them it should start whenever education starts. So at home, you teach them how to count on to three. You teach them um, their body parts, head, shoulders, knees, and toes. You also teach them that okay, they have a boba, they have a, they have a penis, they have all these things. And then you also teach them about consent, respect, their bodies. You also don't tell them that... They came from the stork or they came from SM or the basura. You know, pista. deba I know. Well, my two-year-old now plays with condoms. I mean, ever since she was she was like a year old, she would play with condoms. She would make it into balloons or she would just like, you know, play with it. My, uh, I have a 10-year-old now. She got her period last year. But I taught her how to put, how to use condoms. I think she was six, six or seven.
0: That's good. Yeah,
1: put it in their minds. Man. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> and now I think it backfired though, because now every time I tell her that, okay, um, uh, your Baba and I, my, my second husband, my baba, your Baba and I will just, uh, have time alone, and don't disturb us. She would say, Okay, make sure you use your condoms because I don't want another sibling. I, whenever we go on a vacation, would just see my bag packed with a lot of condoms from her. <laughs> just making sure, just making sure. Smart girl, just making sure that I'm not gonna have another sibling anymore.
0: <laughs> Cannot anymore, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Um,
0: but that's good, I think. That's also the direction that a lot of parents should go to, I think I'm not a parent. I'm also not married. Um, so I don't know the the struggle of educating young kids. But yeah, I just feel like this is also something that's missing, um, which now, you know, as a as a 30-year-old woman like myself, um, it's for me, it's a little bit easier. It's easier for me to communicate what I want. But most of the women that I know don't know how to communicate and mostly unsatisfied with sex and so it's so sad that even like um getting off or coming or um is also not very common to women oh Which,
1: yeah yeah
0: why do you think is that
1: oh because we fake it <laughs> <laughs> right because we fake it no actually um if you really want to if you want the philosophical therapist psychologist answer um it's because we were taught that we are not supposed to feel good about sex sex is bad right sex is just this and that it, it, it only happens in marriage it's for procreation so you're not supposed to feel good about it the only um people who are supposed to uh, orgasm or men because it's part and parcel of ejaculation, right? So they get pressure, but women, you know why? You don't really get anything out of it in terms of procreation. So why should you enjoy sex? It has a lot of uh it has a lot of historical like stigma. If we're gonna talk about religion, talk about the society and how women's bodies were are being you know police mm-hmm. <laughs> and and it, it boils down to the fact that women carry babies uh-huh. right we have that power and in that power we can carry babies of other people without our partners or husbands know husbands knowing if it's maybe really theirs or not. It's it's a paternity test. Actually, virginity is a paternity test. And virginity is one way, like, how how men control women's bodies. Yeah. Do you get me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So why would we be taught to enjoy sex when we are being taught or told not to have sex in the first place? yeah yeah makes
0: sense crazy (laughs) yes (laughs) that's why
1: that's why a lot of women have difficulty in um uh, finding pleasure in sex or being free in it because there's still a lot of shame and guilt that surrounds it because like at the back of our minds we were taught that okay sex is bad you're not supposed to enjoy it and you're not supposed to feel that feeling that you're feeling, uh-huh. is it, is it, am I making sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, exactly. there are women that I talk to, and when I ask them, "Have you ever had an orgasm?" they would tell me, "Oh, I don't know. Is it this feeling? Is it this feeling?" And then um, some of them would tell me, "I, I don't think I've had because I would stop at a certain, at a certain um intensity or at a certain Why? sensation." because um uh, they would feel that okay that's enough that's enough pleasure for now oh Maybe my God. that's not enough I know it's never it's enough, not <laughs> enough. <laughs> Woman. <laughs> yeah. so it it's um i think these are all the narratives that surround sex that's why women not a lot of women can enjoy it well the way we do yeah. Now and it's sad. It's sad. Really. Yeah.
0: And and do you think this is very unique to Filipinas in general? Or you think this is a global, you know, problem?
1: I don't think it's a it's a global problem depending on the culture. Mm-hmm. Like uh Hispanic, mm-hmm. uh, Filipinas, I Filipinas, Filipinas, um, the Latinas, you know, if you have the Catholic culture. Yeah. Surrounding you. <laughs> <laughs> um, I know for a fact that uh they experience something similar. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, for the Western countries, they still do experience something similar. It's just that you know, they're because they're individualistic and they're more yeah. um straightforward. They after some time when they become adults, they get the they get to um you know they get to go through it and not have that same intensity and guilt that we have i do know that in netherlands um they have really really good uh sex education curriculum Mm -hmm. and the people there are so open about it but yeah it's (laughs) Netherlands. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah. imagine putting
0: that in the philippines the, uh, oh my
1: you know, god ah, that's a dream <laughs>
0: they'll go crazy um and let, i wanted to get your insights on in terms of advice so i together with my co-founder or like with, together with my friend here and unlearning, learning we're very lucky to be able to travel the world and see different things but Not Mm. a lot of Filipinas have that opportunity um, Mm. back in the Philippines. And I guess I just wanted to ask, like, how do we, what can they do to first and foremost um, be able to talk about sex more and to be able to, um, exactly what you said, like, be okay with feeling, with getting an orgasm and wanting to do it again (laughs) with no guilt.
1: it boils down on education really i mean um in my experience i started going out in public talking about sex in 2016 Mm -hmm. if i'm not mistaken yeah and um at the start there were people who would still shame me or there were people who would be so uh surprised at what i'm doing but whatever. (laughs) (laughs) But I I continue doing what I'm doing and I'm actually very happy um, right now that there are more women who would come forward and say that okay, because you're talking about it um, in public, it's easier for me now to talk about it. I mean to think that it's okay Mm-hmm. to talk about it that i don't need to feel um ashamed about sex or mm-hmm. guilty about it so i think it's also that aside from education it's also um seeing other women talk about it without the taboo the stigma that surrounds it it gives it gives, it gives us the courage that they hey it's okay you know it's okay I mean shame me all you want fuck you I'm still a woman can't yeah. touch me <laughs> so yeah, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. so it's more of like be inspired um from other get inspiration from other women who can actually talk about it and maybe get yeah insights from them
1: I think yeah but that's that's more of like maybe step four or five, really, I think really the education is important, because with education, you start opening yourself up to perspectives on sex, not just the perspective that sex is bad, sex shouldn't be talked about, mm-hmm. you know, so it's really bad.
0: And um, when it comes to education, like, how how can they be how can they be educated if we don't have that in the Philippines, for instance?
1: Oh let's just you know run a circus no <laughs> No I guess it's more of uh, I I I hate to say it but um, you're correct if you don't have that platform in the Philippines but it should be the government who would do it but um one of the things that one of the things that I learned from doing this is that you know, these people need a lot of educating and if the government is not doing it then it's do it in other platforms. I have a I have a TV show on a free TV so it's on one ph TV5 a noontime show where I talk about sex Mm -hmm. and love. Mm -hmm. And its market is, you know, the people, majority of the people um, in the Philippines. And that's a platform to use to to educate um, people. Um, Podcasts like this one, radio shows. Uh, So that's also a platform that I use to educate people. But yeah, um, there are programs in the governments and projects in the government that uh, teach these people about family planning, planning mm-hmm. about uh, reproductive health, and maybe we can start there too. Yeah, so. exactly. Little things, little things.
0: And when it and on the other side of the coin for our beautiful men out there, like is there anything they can do to support women during um, you know during insecurity and uncertainty um, most especially with their partners like is there anything they can do or what advice can you give them? Yeah, grow penises <laughs>
1: <laughs> <sighs> ah. <laughs> Did you see that frustration? I I'm like, no, I'm, I'm not going, I'm frustrated about the narratives that have surrounded us as Filipino people, men included, that made us be where we are now. Mm-hmm. So with men also, I think we have to understand that there's a lot of pressure on them because of that narrative that, okay, I need to be good in bed. I need to know everything about sex. I'm the macho man. I'm the, the dominating one. I'm the provider. I'm the... Right? Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So because of these narratives, they come to bed and uh, if they don't feel that they are, it it, it boils down to performance anxiety, you know, s- small penis syndrome, et cetera, et cetera. You have your premature ejaculation, erectile dysfunction. So when I say grow penises, I mean that uh for them to accept what they can do and what they cannot do. Mm-hmm. Right. And it takes such an ego strength to acknowledge and recognize that. Yeah. Right? To recognize their weaknesses too. Because it translates to relationships. It translates to uh, how they perform in bed, you know? <laughs> and if they really want to pleasure women, they would know that they need to pleasure women. It's not just, okay, I'm going to trust this in and out 30 times until I come and make sure that, you know, and, and, think that okay that's enough for her too but it's not just that there are other things that um they need to do and for them to realize that they need to also accept their weaknesses
0: Mm-mm. yeah <laughs> totally agree i think there's just this um, um this perception of like men should be macho they should know everything 100% and yeah this is something that i wish could change too totally yeah and um when it comes to couples like what do you think is the best way for them to maximize the potential of their sex life most especially for couples who have been together for quite some time
1: maximize the potential of their sex lives Mm -hmm. share um share to each other their fantasies i mean if they're comfortable with each other already, in yeah. They're when you say maximize, it means that they're already there, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> um, be open enough to share with each other their fantasies, like what they want to do, what else they want to try, and uh, um, also be secure enough to accept what it is.
0: Yeah and what are your thoughts in like encouraging not encouraging introducing um other people in and your sexual relationship with your partner
1: in the philippines that's <laughs> a, that's a recipe for disaster but i mean it to contextualize it right mm-hmm. in the philippines it's a recipe for disaster because we all we have we still have that um narrative of exclusivity, monogamy, and, um, you know, men are insecure. <laughs> and if they find another man, you know, and women might be jealous, so it it's very complex. But if um, the couple can um, get through it or go over it, and so be it if that's what they want. They just need to be able to you know, face the repercussions and consequences
0: after. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and how can you best start a conversation with um, about your sexual needs with your partner? Like, let's say you're unfulfilled and you're ready to have that conversation, but don't know how to start. How would you How would you advise these people? Like, how do they do it?
1: Um, well, stuck in traffic.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so many opportunities in the Philippines, then. <laughs> right.
1: they're stuck in traffic because they can't really like manage each other. <laughs> they're stuck there. No, A long no. Choice. The, the theory, the theory behind it is that you talk about sex not during sex. You talk about sex, um, uh, when you're most comfortable. Meaning, while well, eating, stuck in traffic. Okay. You know, in in uh, in very mundane situations, I guess. Mm -hmm. so it won't give much the other or your partner that pressure and of course you're not going to tell this person you know i'm not satisfied that's that's a hit so what you can do would be hey okay uh, let's talk about our last sexual experience like what did you like there or you yourself you say oh you know i wanted it when you did this to me okay or can we try this or that? So as opposed yeah. to saying that, you know, all that's in bed, uh, you, you tell them that, hey, you want to try this? I want to try that. Or I want to try this. I want to try that. Or well, I wonder how that feels like. Or can you do that to me? And then see okay. how it goes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so more, okay. So it's all
0: about complimenting your partner and be like, I want this and more suggestive rather mm. than rather than um, I didn't like this or maybe you know. yeah I mean
1: you can say that to men who got <laughs> many from my experience I say I say that to um men who would want a challenge a challenge like mm-hmm. ah, nah, it, it was now I mean I can say it because I'm me mm-hmm. right I can say it because um here in the Philippines people know me as a sex therapist as a sex educator so I can do that but don't do say that to your partners unless it's just a one night stand and you really hate the man, like whatever but no. <laughs> or like he did
0: something to you and you want vengeance no <laughs> exactly put it in the,
1: wrong that's way. the record that's not the record <laughs> <laughs> like i have a small penis no just kidding <laughs> oh my god <laughs> no 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 don't do that <laughs> but yeah so if it's a long-term partner, someone you really care about, um, uh, it should be more affirming, uh, more more suggestive, you know, and more playful, um, in such a way that you won't hurt each other's egos. Yeah. Because sex here is is a, is a very sensitive thing. Right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, and and this is actually our last question for um, mm-hmm. before the ending questions what is the most insane and interesting thing you've heard as a sex therapist?
1: <laughs> insane? Wala <na. laughs> Your standards are so
0: high within, with anything crazy. It's like, yeah, nothing is insane now.
1: Nothing. <laughs> yeah, you whenever I'm asked that question, and it's a different question, that so it's the weirdest, What's the craziest what's the... Hola. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: everything is just so normal though yeah everything is just oh, okay but because I guess it's because um as as sexologists no as um uh, sex therapists you were trained that whatever you hear is normal mm-hmm right is it there's nothing there's nothing abnormal about sex unless it's like a clinical diagnosis its but there are things that may be offensive and that's where you go with your your and things that doesn't involve consent but they're common too I mean it happens too as I think you were trained that way because the moment you show a person that hey you know what's going on with you is not normal or is insane with sex they would start to feel judged and that's what you don't want yeah you don't want people coming to you talking to you about their sexual issues or their, their sexual problems and you judge them no yeah so I guess it now it's in it Everything's <laughs> normal. <laughs> and
0: do you think every sexual problem is fixable? Yes. Okay.
1: Actually, um except if it's a physiological problem, say it's a micro penis. Okay. It's treatable, meaning there are ways that we can go about the anxiety that's. Uh, product on it but you know um you cannot change surgery. your physical you know, surgery yeah i mean it depends it depends i'm not a i'm not a um you're a surgeon so yeah exactly <laughs> but yeah things well uh, things i believe can be worked around mm-hmm. can be managed okay for you To be able to enjoy sex and uh, find the pleasure in it. Yeah. Yeah. And have a happy life. You know, good sex, happy life. Exactly. Yes. Should be that simple,
0: actually. (laughs) Um, Everyone we talk to in Unlearning, we we have the standard questions at the end. Um, It's just three questions which you can answer in one sentence or two, your call. First is, what is something you used to believe in but have unlearned?
1: Oh, that I'm ugly.
0: Oh, that's nice. <laughs> I mean, that's nice that you got learned that. Sorry.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm ugly. I mean, this whole journey, this whole sex journey, because sex includes uh, attractiveness, right? Of course. Yeah. Sex includes how you how you present yourself to others. Um, has helped me become a mm, more confident woman. Mm-hmm. And uh, to also embrace who i am as a person and that i'm beautiful right we all are yeah yeah commercial
0: (laughs) (laughs) no that's amazing i think sorry like even even in sex right like a lot i know a lot of women who wants to only have sex in the dark because they're ashamed of their bodies and i'm just like yeah dude like nobody cares like at the end of the day he's inserting his penis like he should be grateful like uh, so i i also had to overcome that and yeah i'm glad that more and more women are unlearning that we all have amazing bodies fuck it that's it (laughs) right yeah (laughs) and if you had to make a law that you think would make the world a better place what would it be
1: well it's not a law but it's a right like sexual pleasure is a right so oh you know what now i'm thinking <laughs> now that i'm thinking of it i've been i've been actually advocating for this mm-hmm. it's to have a psychological assessment complete psychological assessment before you get married as i'm a relationships therapist sorry right? yeah yeah so i want that we need that mm-hmm. we we shouldn't we shouldn't just do that when um uh, during an annulment when you want your marriage and not it should be even before the marriage so you'd know if you'd know your partner's issues you'd know if you can get through it and you'd also know if that would affect your sex life right
0: yeah yeah (laughs) Oh, that's good. Let's do this. I mean, yeah, psychological assessment. I like that. Yeah, yes. there are so many issues. And like living so, together know, is also not a thing in the Philippines. So parang, you'll just it discover... is now.
1: It is it is now, yeah. A lot okay. of um, a lot, of couples um tend to live together before getting married because the is so expensive. We don't have divorce here, yeah. but yeah, you know one of the requirements of getting married here is to attend a seminar in church. Yes. And that's what we call pre So, and the family planning seminar. So, and that's when they teach you how to put a condom on. <laughs> 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 so, I'm thinking, like, if if ever I'd be, I'd, I'd make a law about it. It, it, it would be, have a psychological formal official complete psychological assessment of each other Mm -hmm. and free for the both of you to um discover that
0: yeah yeah that's amazing Mm -hmm. yeah let's do that um and our last question what are you still unlearning
1: right now oh not to walk around naked I walk around naked at home and <laughs> i just like, um, when, when we don't have bayayas and whatever. And now my two-year-old, <laughs> I see her taking off her diapers and, and, her, and her shirt and her pajamas and everything. And then my husband would say, oh... <laughs> So, I guess, yeah. But I've been walking around naked since I was a kid, so I
0: don't know. That's amazing. I mean, your kids must be just so confident about their bodies. That's amazing.
1: (laughs) I don't know. I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing, but but it's yeah, thing, she I would just think. take off. She would just take off her clothes and her diaper. So that's another story, right? Yeah, diaper so I don't make it. I am walking around naked this way. But like, <laughs> and then my ten year old would be like, Mama, please put on your robe. Like, this is so refreshing so airy and it's so hot in the Philippines right. come on because I have two daughters like they're both girls and you know, I don't really care <laughs>
0: <laughs> true <Yeah. laughs> I but I mean nudity is again another another questionable situation in the Philippines nudity is not oh, yeah. yeah yeah
1: yeah <laughs> But yeah,
0: that's mainly it today, uh, Dr. Rika. Thank you so much for your time. Um, I
1: think. Well, thank we... you too. Uh-huh. Awesome? I enjoyed this.
0: Oh, that's great. I also enjoyed it. I liked having first dips on some insights. Thank you so much for taking the time out to listen. If you made it this far, then you probably enjoyed it. So, might as well click the subscribe button on Spotify or Apple and leave a rating and review right now. Doing this helps us reach more people and help them unlearn their limiting beliefs. Make sure you also tag us at Unlearning with Us on social media so we can see your feelings and pat you on the back for chasing that self
1: growth.